This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into another episode of UAP, the Unidentified Alien Podcast. I am Stephen Diener, Karen Curtis over there on this 15th adventure <laughs> of UAP. Overall, I know we're in season two, it's episode five, so the numbers get kind of weird, but that's neither here nor there, because today, Karen... Yes. First of all, how are you? I'm well, thank you all. <laughs> That's good. Um, we have a lot to get to when it comes to South America and strange happenings, reports of UFOs, UAPs, and even extraterrestrials themselves on the ground in front of witnesses. This is a story that we're going to get to today toward toward the end because we try to we try to save the best for last, and they're yeah. all it's all great. I mean. You know. Oh no! This is juicy. You want me to give you the a little tidbit? A little tidbit, yes. Oh, get ready. It was like a little a person, but with no hair whatsoever, red eyes, and three horns. So that's going to be coming up later in the episode. It's what? the most famous sighting in the history, of not only Brazil but possibly South America. I'm, and this was something crashed, and they were like wandering around out of the wreckage. Yeah, so it's 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 a wild story. Three that, um, arms. I usually you hear they have three fingers, not three arms. Yeah, I mean there's 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 a lot. They were sweating <laughs> anyway. <laughs> That's Ugh. the uh, Varginha incident, or Varginha, however you want to say it, but it's uh, you'll see or you'll hear anyway. So we'll get to that a little bit later on. But first, Karen, I know we have a lot here when it comes to South America today. This first one goes back to 1980, right, in uh, Peru. A Peruvian fighter pilot. So he's actually literally gets into a dogfight with UFO. I guess there's like 1,800 people at this base in Peru, and they all see this thing. Um, okay, so you have an interpreter here. The pilot obviously speaks. What do they speak in Peru? Peruvian? Peruvian. It's a, it's a form of Spanish. Okay. Well, here's a, a little tidbit. Soy Oscar Santa Maria Huertas. I am Oscar Santa Maria Huertas, a pilot for the uh, Peruvian Air Force right now in retirement. So he's the guy. Right. That's him. And in 2008, he was in Los Angeles and he wanted to prove the facts of his experience in 1980. And you know what was weird? The U.S. government got a hold of his sighting, which at the time, Peru was kind of under the purview of... The, the Soviet so, right, Union. Right, right. So, cause, you know, you're talking 1980s, so it's during the Cold War. And, right, like you said, you know, what is the U.S. government doing in Peru with basically a Soviet ally, so to speak? Yeah. So, here is Oscar Santa Maria describing in Peruvian what happened. El 11 de abril de 1980, the 11th of April of 1980, a las 7 y 15 horas de la mañana, at 7.15 in the morning, 
en la base era la... base of La Jolla en Perú. 2800 hombres. 1800 military people in charge that day. Observaron al final de la pista. They observed at the end of the runway a, an object that looked like a uh, balloon. No tenía permiso that didn't have authorization to fly in the area. Suponíamos que podría ser un aparato espía. And they thought it was an spy. El comando de la base. A commander gave him the order to uh, take off and destroy the object right away. They thought it was a spy. Right. So, you know, at that point, again, you have to remember the time, the time frame here, right. 1980, you know, the Cold War era. And so you're thinking, you know, okay, this is a spy plane. You got to get up there and shoot it down. And that was the order. Get up there and shoot it down. But... It turns out, you know, it wasn't a balloon. This guy, Santa Maria, fired like 64 rounds from his 30-millimeter cannon, and the bullets passed right through the object. Right, right. And so, it wasn't a balloon. No, no balloon. No fragments of a balloon were found. It didn't explode. Right, nothing exploded. And so, that means basically he's pursuing this thing, okay? So, Santa Maria is up there in 1980. He's flying his Peruvian fighter jet. And it was too evasive, though. He, he couldn't get to it. He said it was like top gun. Right. It was like flying. Every time he approached it, it would like zig and zag. The amazing thing about this, too, Karen, is this was, of course, a classified type thing. And this was, like you said, investigated by the U.S. government from a Soviet ally, so to speak, you know, at least under Soviet, you know, control, uh, Peru at that time. And... They, they realized, okay, look, this is a guy that, according to our investigations, is credible, has a lot of, you know, flight time and hours and things like that. So this wasn't any joke. This wasn't just like, you know, some guy like, hey, I'm going to play a trick yeah. on you guys. It was taken very seriously by the U.S. government, so much so that the documents were classified um, until recently when they started opening some of these things up. It wasn't a balloon because balloons don't act evasively also, right. but... Um, the UFO that was sighted in Peru, it reached the highest level of the U.S. Defense Department. That's right. They did. They, they actually um, what's the word I'm looking for? debriefed. Uh, it, they went to the CIA. It went to the DOJ. Yes. <laughs> all these Joint chiefs, everybody. Right. And so how did the U.S. government learn about it? And this is what Santa Maria speculates. La comunidad de inteligencia entre los estados intercambian información. Oh, really? So it's, it's a close community between countries and the air forces. So they communicate with each other and they let each other know. They're like, hey, do you know our guy saw something? And the Peruvian government opened in 2001 an investigation into his case because they call it the most credible, unresolved UFO case encounter sighting in the country's history. So that's pretty heavy duty. It's an incredible story, really, because you talk about, again, and we've talked about different things with, you know, uh, credible witnesses, military members. I always, well, I shouldn't say I, we always try to find uh, stories that have credible witnesses, right? Yes, yes. We, we don't want to decide. Yeah, exactly. At least we, we can say, okay, look, here is this guy that was trusted by the military, that was trusted by the U.S. government when it came to his military experience. And it's not like we're talking to, you know, Joe Schmo out in the, you know, the backwoods somewhere. This is These are people who have trained experiences uh, that, you know, to, to tell the difference between what's right and what's wrong. And is that an airplane? Is that a spy plane? Or is that something that I can't explain? And that's why with this guy and every, you know a lot of other witnesses that we talk about throughout this, the history of the show, it's really intriguing because he's talking about 
being in a dogfight with another craft, and it just kept going higher and higher and higher to the point where he couldn't chase it anymore. So what is that? <laughs> I don't know. And what's interesting is that it it did make its way to the highest echelons of the U.S. government and into a document, a report that actually exists. You can see it at our website, 850WFTL.com. That's right. Yeah, we'll have the picture up there, 850WFTL.com. Just search UAP and you'll see the uh, the blog page come up there for UAP. We'll also have all the other episodes if you've ever missed any, if you want to catch up. There's some doozies. Oh, my favorite one is the Dolce Gabbana one. Dolce Gabbana, <laughs> the, the Dolce base in New Mexico. Big time. That's right. So that's actually, and thank you, by the way, I should say this too, Karen, to everyone who's been listening and consuming the show. We really appreciate you. We've noticed actually that Dolce Base War episode is one of the most popular ones yes. that we've done. Yes. So. It's... It's insane. It is insane. <laughs> so if you want to hear that or any other episode, and of course see the pictures from today's show or any other show that we've done in the past, 850WFTL.com, search UAP, or any other episodes are also on Apple and Spotify and anywhere else you find your podcast. So, All right. Well, staying in South America and yes. moving on to Chile, we Here have we a go. Corporal Amando Valdez. What happened in April of 1977 in Chile? Yeah, so going back in time here a little bit because we started in 1980. Lost time. And now, well, actually, yes. (laughs) There is a lot of lost time in this story. So if you've never heard of lost time before, it's something that a lot of abductees uh, refer to once they're abducted, at least in their their encounters and the stories that they tell. They come back and they can't uh, they, they can't account for lost minutes, hours, in some cases, days. It's like being in a coma. That's right. And you wake up and go, what day is it? They have no recollection and you end up hearing about a lot of, you know, hypnosis where they do, uh, you know, backtracking and they, they go under hypnosis to remember everything. Um, so in this case of another, again, military, of a Chilean, uh, was it a corporal, a colonel, I believe? Yeah, it's Chilean Corporal Armando Valdez. Yes. He was abducted. He he comes back 15 minutes later, but really it was not 15 minutes later. So here's where the story gets strange, and it's really, I shouldn't use the word unbelievable because, well, I should say what's fascinating about this story is the amount of witnesses because you have witnesses military members who are out there his group essentially his 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 troop was out there with him and they all see this strange light in the sky they go to investigate it and all of a sudden he vanishes whoa and they're all looking at each other like where the heck did he just go (laughs) where's where's the corporal he's gone another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. So they end up finding him, Karen, 15 minutes later, okay, away from where he vanished, 
But here's where this gets strange. It's not like he just disappeared or reappeared like a magic trick 15 minutes later. I thought it was five days later. That's the weird thing about this. 15 minutes goes by for the guys on the ground. Oh, wow. But when they discover him, he now has a full beard. Okay? (laughs) He was cleanly shaven (laughs) on that night. They find him 15 minutes later, later with a full beard. And his watch says that it's five days later. Whoa. Okay, wait a minute. I'm bending spoons <laughs> with my mind now. Okay. So is he time traveling? <gasps> Did he go like through it. some type of space time continuum, a rip in the you know, a wormhole? I don't know. You know, any type of crazy theory you want to use, but the He fact went to the Rogaine factory. Maybe. <laughs> where I mean where you have this this beard growing out of nowhere. So and he has fully admitted before that Yes, I was clean shaven. Again, this is somebody who's a skeptic. This is somebody who's in the Chilean army, who's a corporal, okay, in the Chilean army, who has men under him. Right, so he's like a leader. Exactly. So what are they supposed to think? Now they're looking to him for answers. And he's under patrol. And when he gets back, here's what's really strange about this, and this might give you chills, actually, because it's really odd. Okay. When they find him, they're obviously asking him questions. You know, corporal, what happened? What happened? The first thing he says to them it's almost like an out-of-body experience. He says the sentence, you don't know who we are or where we come from, but we will be back soon. Whoa, what does that mean? What? That's interesting. <laughs> what is that? That's the first words he utters 15 minutes later to them, five days later to his body and to his watch. So where did he go? Where was he for, I guess, five days? And how is it only 15 minutes? On Earth. So the Army Patrol saw two bright objects descending in the sky. He disappears. When he comes back, he has a full beard. His watch is like advanced five days. And he says, you don't know who we are or where we come from, but we will be back soon. We will be back soon. Um, Yeah, this is actually in the area of Pampa Luscuma. Right. Near Putra, Chile. Right. Which means nothing to me. But anyway. <laughs> if you the, want to look it up on a map. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you make of it? I mean, they for them, it was just 15 minutes. So maybe he went somewhere. I think everything is about time. Yes. I think everything in the universe is about time. Well, for Corporal Valdez, and that's, and that's a good theory, and time is, um, it is a, I guess you could say subjective and maybe we can do a whole different episode on uh, Edgar Casey one time, but love him. Just just use an example. Edgar Casey, if you don't know, was a famous American psychic in the early 19, uh, early twentieth century. Excuse me, and saw had a lot of different readings. There's a whole library dedicated to Edgar Casey in Virginia. I, I believe. think he was more accurate than Nostradamus. It's unbelievable the yeah. stuff that he came out with. Yeah. And he we talked about uh, remote viewing last week, or I should you know on the last show anyway. Where, uh, you know, he had a guy who worked for the army. He claimed at least worked for the army and had remote viewing of different military bases and saw aliens and things like that. Who's the old lady who got caught up in a dust storm and lost her sight? But she... uh, Baba Venga. Baba Venga. Yes. Love Baba Venga. Another, She's another one. Yes. A prophesier, if you will, yeah. a seer. And uh, but for Edgar Casey, the reason why I bring him up is, you know, again, a lot of different stories revolving around him. But uh, maybe we'll dedicate an episode to him because he's a fascinating person. Um, but he said before in interviews, you know, they asked him about time. How do you see these things in the future? And he, the way he described it was, to me, it's not the future. To me, time is just, 
it's it's not linear is the way he described it. It's not right, here's right, what's behind right. us, here's here, and here's what's in front of us. It's it's all happened at once. So for him, the way he <gasps> described it was he's able to look we call the future, but he's just looking at what already has happened or happening. But he's saying the future's the also already happened. Right. And we're just at a snapshot in time somewhere within that. His his description was we can't understand how time actually works. Our brains are not able to understand it. So he was a religious man. So he said God created the construct of time to basically help us keep it in order because we can't comprehend what it actually is. That's how he described it. It's not finite time. Right. Okay. Exactly. So when you look at, and we just got really deep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Whoa, rabbit (laughs) hole. Take a breath there. Oh, Where's where's the white rabbit with the watch? (laughs) Take a breather on that one. You can see why we want to do a whole whole episode of Edgar Casey one day. Um, that is so cool. So when he, but when it comes to this question of this this case in particular of Corporal Valdez in Chile in 1977, how has he gone in his time in his body physically, Karen? He's gone for five days because his hair has grown. His watch has shown five days difference, but for his troop, they show we've been looking for you for 15 minutes. Where'd you go? So, how and he has no recollection of what happened. He believes that. Uh, he he attributes it attributes it to a, a religious is- experience. Okay. He believes that he was taken by angels or some type of heavenly body having to do with God or heaven, and uh, that's the way he looks at it. So maybe that's it. I don't know. Maybe maybe, he was Je- maybe it was Jesus. We'll be back soon. I don't know, but the fact that he utters that sentence—it's so eerie, isn't it? He utters the yeah. sentence. The first thing he says, it's almost like he's under mind control at yeah. that point. You don't know who we are. You don't know who we are, or where we come from. But we will—we will be back soon. What does it mean? Unreal. So that is the story there of uh, Corporal Armando Valdez of Chile. Love it. And finally, this yes. is the weird one. Well, right, this is the weird one. Imagine, yeah. <laughs> Again, how can it get any weirder than that one? Unreal. Uh, so, as you heard at the top, it was like a little a person but with no hair whatsoever, red eyes, and three horns. All right, so these three, these are the holy grail of UFO and alien witnesses that you're about to hear from. Yes. And this is also in Brazil. So this is referred to as the Varginha incident in uh, Varginha, Brazil. And so much so, Karen, we, I mentioned at the uh, top of the episode at the beginning that this is the most famous case in the history of Brazil, maybe in the history of South America. It happened in 1996, and it's so famous. They made movies out of it really? in South America. They made video games out of it. If anybody's familiar with the old like mid-90s computer games like Doom and things like that, it kind of looked like that. So it's... This is, I mean, they have statues in in Varginha, Brazil, dedicated to this alien that was reportedly seen by these three witnesses. So with three arms, no hair, and red eyes? No hair, the way that they they describe this. So basically the story is, I'm getting ahead of myself, three women, at this time there were three girls, about middle school age. They were out in, you know, I guess you could say the Brazilian, not the forest, but, you know, outside on the outskirts of town. They were actually heading home, but in a different way than they usually go. Right. And again, this happened back in 1996. And they say that they saw something that they never forgot. They, again, attribute it. Some people attribute it to religious experiences. They think they saw the devil. They they ran home because on their way home, they look over and they see this gray skulking body. Think of Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, this gray skulking body, 
And well, again, we'll have the picture up of the description because it's a very famous picture. So you can see it at 850WFTL.com. Well, search UAP. Um, and the way they describe him is red eyes, three kind of like, not really horns, but almost, how do you, like tiny mohawks, like mini mo- Think of a mohawk, yeah. but it's cut. So it's like three of those on its head. Like three fins or something. Right. And like you said, you know, more than one appendage, um, three fingers. And and what they said it looked sick, like something was wrong with Ooh, it. Oh uh, yeah, so there was some speculation that there might have been a crash. Yes, so they figured that okay, this thing must have crashed somewhere. It's injured, but it turned around and looks at them, and they get freaked out, of course, and they run home screaming and crying and telling their mom because they're sisters, telling their mom we saw the devil, we saw the devil. Ah, uh, so this was back in 1996, and here are the women now. They're they're. Adults right. describing what they saw. So uh, it was around three o'clock in the afternoon. This was not the usual way that they would take to go back home. She saw uh, a little creature that was really sweating. It was like a little person but with no hair whatsoever, red eyes, and three horns. She pointed to the other girls and started running the other way. They said it wasn't a good experience at all. If they could choose, they wouldn't go through it again. Mm. And, and only people who have been through what they have been through can tell what, how they felt and how it all affected their lives. It did. Gosh. I mean, it's, it affected their lives in a negative way. Right. People thought they were crazy. Right. Here's what they said. She said it affected everything, like from friendships to work to school, people getting away from them, people thinking they were, you know, crazy or something. Alguém pode chegar? Não, foi assim. Pegamos e levamos para tal lugar. She just says that she hopes that one day the whole thing will come clear and she will, you know. Her word will be taken seriously, and they'll know that she was always telling the truth. Yeah, and unfortunately, it got so bad for them that one of the sisters at one point even recanted the story. I'm sure. Be- uh, how many people have seen things and they don't want to talk about it because they don't want to be perceived as nuts? Right, and it has ruined their lives, really. I mean, they, they live with that sight in their minds, and they live with the stigma of, you're the three crazy girls who saw the alien. And eventually one of them, because she couldn't take the pressure anymore, said, okay, it didn't happen. But then the other two kept to their story. And eventually the third sister came back and came back to it and said, yes, it did. So, you know, again, it's the most famous case in Brazilian history. It's kind of like their Roswell. It's it's their, you Got know. Got it. So that's, that's basically their version there. And again, so much so that they have statues erected and dedicated depicting this alien. It's it's real. It's fascinating, and you feel for these women. We'll have the video up, even um, if you want to see them, uh, to kind of maybe you can get a read on them if you think they're lying. But I know when I watched the video of their interview, I felt bad. Like you can tell they're in pain. But it's interesting when there's one person that sees it, but when there's three and their story's the same, right? That's a little bit hard to discredit. And it has been for over twenty years. Their story really hasn't changed. I just want to point out that Stephen, the reason why we're doing this podcast, has kind of for years been interested in the topic. And then, you know, the government came out with its report recently that validated like 150 sightings. And the report is amazing. And Stephen had been chronicling different things. He has a whole list of stuff. <laughs> I do. It's true. Like, 
amazing list that he's kept over the years that we're going to actually delve into for you. And so this isn't just like a whim off the cuff thing for him. He's been preparing for this podcast for years. I didn't even know I was, I was preparing for it. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was preparing for the podcast before podcasts existed. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and like you said, thank you, Karen. I appreciate it. Um, but it is. It's something that I've been, I guess, an enthusiast about when it comes to it. Just, it's just the mystery that gets me, like the why. The, the, the who, the what, the where, the when. What is the purpose of all this? Who are they? What do they want here? What are they doing here? And, you know, what, and even if you go in, go real deep here, the religious aspect, you know, were they created by God? Were they created by the devil? I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, there's, there's different things that I wonder so much about aliens and UFOs and different worlds and what is known already by different governments around the world. What kind of cooperation has there been that we don't know about? And so there was so many questions in my mind that over the years, probably I would say over the past six years or so, um, I just started taking notes of everything I would come across. And I didn't really know why. I was like, I guess maybe one day I'll write a book. And then thanks to Karen came to me and said one day, you should do an alien podcast. Because if you don't know, we're on the South Florida Morning Show together with Jennifer Ross and Bill Adams on 850 WFTL. That's every morning, Monday through Friday from 6 to 10. And we would talk about aliens on there sometimes. And Jen would be like, oh, no. Right. Oh, here we go again. Not again. Especially when Congress was coming out with the report. That was a national story. So that was something that we were talking about. And when Tucker Carlson said they're real, I went to Steve and I went, I know you're a smart guy, (laughs) but now I think it's what you're talking about is valid. Yeah, you know, it started coming out as far as big national news, you know, syndicates were picking up these stories. So Karen came to me and said, you should do a podcast on this. And I've always been more into sports and things like that, which I still am and I have podcasts and all that. You're the sports director. There you go. (laughs) So... But I'm, I'm glad you said that because this has given me the opportunity to kind of use this outlet and go into my notes. Again, I never knew what I was taking them for. I just knew that I wanted them there so I could use it for something someday. I didn't want to forget this information. Well, now they're very valuable because I really don't know how many other people have gone to the... You have like an eidetic memory and you, you know, you're just very... You're smart about a lot of things. And so you wrote all this down for a reason and you have it. You have it chronicled and we're going to piece by piece go through it. Yeah, so the the uh, series of UAP is not ending anytime soon is what we're trying to say. No, he's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot in there. So stick around because there, there's, there's a lot to get to here as we go through every week but thank you to you Karen for coming up with the idea because you know we appreciate everybody who's been listening and who enjoys the show again if you want to go back to any other shows 850wftl.com search UAP or it's all over Apple and Spotify and all that good stuff as well so it's uh, it's been a lot of fun 15 episodes in it's pretty wild it really has I've learned a lot I'll tell you <laughs> you had some more research and when you were doing these three stories you came up with uh, some more information about another story someone said that there were aliens wearing silver metallic suits. I'm glad you bring that up because it really struck me when I was doing the research for this episode. Because remember last week on episode 14, we talked about you know all the different things when it came to uh, USOs, unidentified submerged ob- submerged objects, and AWTEC off of Florida, right? You know, underwater bases, all that different type of stuff. And at the very end of the episode, we played. I think we mentioned him earlier in this episode. We played the guy who said he worked for the military and said that he has done remote viewing for years for the military. And he would look at different bases around the world and give them spy information. And he talked about Autech, which is a secret underwater military inst- installation off the coast of Florida. And he said he has done remote viewing in there before. And he's seen aliens in their ships wearing strange metallic suits. And They weren't sh- 
sweating, kvitzing, spitzing, no, no, no with spitzing. red eyes and three arms? No, no, not this time. But they, <laughs> he said that, and so that kind of stuck with me from last week because I thought that was kind of interesting. And then as I'm going through the research for this episode that we just went through, I'm hearing all these different abduction stories. And one of the things I kept hearing from the abduction stories was they talked about the aliens were wearing these metallic suits. I'm like, oh my gosh. Right. <laughs> that it's connects. confirming, right? Yes. You have someone talking about an abduction from 40 years ago saying the same thing that a guy said he saw in remote viewing 30 years later was like, whoa, this is weird. <laughs> you have the same description from two totally different people in two totally different time periods. It's really odd. So I just, you know, that, that, that connection like pyramids popped in, my head. in South America looking like pyramids in Egypt. You right, know? exactly. Like, Whoa, what's going on? I mean, in any criminal case, and you know this because you are very much into true crime with your Full Rigor podcast, which does very well. So congratulations on that. Thank you. But when in any cri- uh, criminal case, if you have corroborating witnesses, at different parts, at different times, tell you the same thing. That's usually pretty what they call damning evidence. Well, actually, it's usually rare to have witnesses come up with the same thing. Like they'll say, "Did you see the witness? Did you see the 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 suspect?" And like, "Oh yeah, he had a blue sweatshirt on. No, it was gray. No, he was six feet tall. No, he was five seven. You, you know, right, right. It's all over. And that's how you know they're real because usually they are all over the road. But this is the same metallic suits." Right, you tall beings, skinny, the big eyes. They're right. always described the same way by people who say they've encountered aliens through, you know, remote viewing or in person through abductions. It's makes you wonder, and that's what yeah. we're here to do. We get get your mind moving. Yeah, we're yeah, exactly. We're not trying to force feed you. We're no. just giving you information and you decide. That's right. And that's what we do every week. We'll do it again next week too. And what are we doing next week? Well, I went into my treasure trove of notes, Karen, and I found a couple of things that intrigued me and it made me think how much does the military know, the U.S. military, that is, how much have they been working with aliens, supposedly, with other beings from, from other worlds, and what aren't they telling us as far as protocols go? Like, are there actual instruction manuals? Yeah, what if you run into a downed alien craft? Who do you call? Well, we're going to tell you all about that next week because there is something called, just a little teaser here, something called Air Force Instruction 10-206. Oh, dear. So we're going to get into all that next time on UAP. So make sure you download, subscribe, rate us five extraterrestrial stars, as Karen likes to say. <laughs> Apple, Spotify, 850WFTL.com, podcast1.com, all the places to find the podcast. Yeah, we're everywhere. We That's love right. it. We hope you do, too. Our numbers are going up, 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 and we appreciate it. Yes, thank you very much. So get to that and much more as we go on during this uh, incredible journey of UAP on the Unidentified Alien Podcast. Stephen Diener here, Karen Curtis there. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.